What's poppin' fam? It is the Puerto Rican powerhouse of Mike for Hire, the podcast mercenary, the Puerto Rican kaiju himself, Christian Joel Ramos, back at it again with a brand new review. And today we're reviewing a new classic. New and classic because it technically is a remake, but not really. It is the sequel to the trilogy that I say of the kaiju wars here. We got Godzilla vs. Kong. And this movie starts off very subtly with... King Kong waking up on Skull Island, showering at the waterfalls, and he meets up with a little girl, a human girl, who happens to be, I believe, deaf, because she's, like, sign-languaging a little bit, I think, or she can somehow communicate with this giant beast, and he's just there, like, relaxing. So he then proceeds to throw a tree. He, like, breaks the branches off and makes almost like a big spear out of the tree, and he chucks, oh, like a javelin, really. He, 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 he throws it like a javelin, right? And then... It uh, hits the ceiling of a containment building. So we're now learning that Kong is actually being a containment field or base or lab, whatever you want to call it, on Skull Island. But he's being studied like a any ape is by scientists. And it's been many years since the last Kong movie because that took place, I believe, in the 70s or 80s. And this is modern day. So it's been that long and Kong has grown exponentially. The man is a beast. I mean, man. Why am I calling him a man? The beast is the beast. The bigger beast. It's like a huge gorilla you know just grown to the size of just happened to grow the size of godzilla so he can actually have stand toe to toe against godzilla so there is that notion that kong was still young in the previous film and now we see the full size of this beast right and then um he throws a spear and cracks in the containment field so it looks like he's inside this actual habitat but he's technically outgrown it in the last 20 30 plus years and they're like, we need to find some place where Kong can somehow exist, but not also be in our world. Because he's not from originally from here, that he's originally from this area where all the titans, or the cuts, what they call them, all these huge beasts come from, which is essentially somewhere, I believe, between the Earth's crust, almost like a, another world. We be, Like, you know, over the years, there's fake books, science fiction books, as they write about, like, mole pit people living in the Earth's crust, or like, anytime we think about hell being in the earth and things like of that nature like there's a world within worlds and that's where these titans live and frolic and essentially almost like this giant planet within the planet and i'm like okay i don't know how this scientifically makes sense i mean now we've disproven this there's actually nothing there but rock and magma <laughs> there's no hollow earth that's what it's called the hollow earth so they're trying to send him back home so he can actually be happy and be free so there is an advanced robotics lab called Apex somewhere on the coast by the water, somewhere in Pensacola, Florida. And we meet two scientists in facility testing, testing apples with samples of GMOs and other DNA and whatnot, just like testing them out. So they're actually testing things out on like for growth, I guess, or something. They're trying to figure out the essence of how things become quote-unquote kaiju-sized. So this is where it's attracting Godzilla because Godzilla is swimming towards it and attacks the facility and ends up getting on this podcast for one of the conspiracy theorists who who i believe works in the lab but somewhere else in a different uh, sector and he's got this podcast i mean who believes people on podcasts right i mean who would listen to podcasters as i pause for a laugh there the irony uh yes so yes this guy is one of them conspiracy guys where he has theories and stuff and this character is played by atlanta's own paper boy uh, the actor by the name of 
Henry. Hold on. Brian Tyree Henry. There we go. Brian Tyree Henry. He plays a character called Bernie Hayes. So this is with Bernie's podcast, and he talks about superstitious stuff. Kind of like the H.K. Aliens guys. That same uh, type of... Think of it as almost like a Joe Rogan type. You know, some of his segments of this podcast are similar to that where he talks about supernatural things. And this guy is one of those guests he would have on, so he would, you know, deep dive into these things. And he is deep into the tinfoil theories. So here we go on where in a university in Philadelphia, a man breaks into a library and he's a famous scientist. So he comes up with the hollow earth theory is an Asian subterranean ecosystem deep within the earth's core, close to the planet's core, right? It's this ecosystem continually radiates radioactive energy, allowing creatures that inhabit it to evolve into titan size. So it is believed that this is the birthplace of all titans, quote unquote, kaijus. The birthplace of all these oversized beings is because of this radiation somewhere near the earth's core that's making them grow over the years. And I'm like, okay, this kind of sums up all this stuff and why there are giant creatures in the world so we move on from here back to skull island where it's like an entrance to the hollow earth in somewhere in antarctica is like apparently skull island is somewhere near antarctica so i'm assuming somewhere like down like titicaca or something like where south american coast um and yeah it goes down to the core and they transport kong in a ship and with sedatives to keep him chill and a girl who is like his best friend little girl is able to sign with kong and keep him calm and then this is where her mom who's a scientist there it's like wait a minute you can sign with kong i've been trying for the last 10 years and can't get nothing out of him and then she's like well he's very shy so i'm like okay so he's easier to speak with with children than he is with adults because they're intimidatingly overpowering i mean he's smart enough to understand humans cannot be trusted so the ones he does are very limited so we go from here where the girls as able to sign right they go to a convenience store and get information about the podcast bernie this is a team by Millie Bobby Brown, who plays the character, recurring character of Madison Russell, who's the daughter of the um, guy from the previous Godzilla film. And he's also a scientist as well. And she goes on to mention one of her buddies, played by, uh, let's see here, Julian Dennison, whose name is Josh Valentine. And Josh is a very typical, normal kid in, in a, a world of super uber science and stuff of that nature. Like, he's just very much the straight man what i like to call the voice of the audience like all the questions we would have about the movie he's the one speaking it for us like really what do you mean what does that even mean like whenever someone asks you a question about a film you're just watching and you don't want to to explain why you're watching them and join the film this is the kind of character that does these things for you within the film so you can just shut up and watch the movie (laughs) and julian is just like a typical little kid who's just like very uh What's I'm looking for? He is smart, but also dumb. Like he is, he lacks the, the, the speaking abilities, but he's smart in tech, or I believe he's a good IT guy, but he just doesn't have these social skills, I guess, to speak um, intelligently enough to keep up with what's going on around him. Because he's a kid. He's a kid who just happens to be smart with computers. Let's leave it at that. That's just simple, normal kid. Whereas Billy, Millie Bobby's Brown character, Madison, has gone through so much of this stuff firsthand with dealing with Kong and how Kong has saved them and it's like wondering why Kong would even attack because Kong is a hero in the eyes of the people but lately Kong is doing things that aren't exactly hero-like and so they get this tale of in the library where Kong and Godzilla were in a rivalry this whole time or a Kong-like and Godzilla-like being were in a rivalry for the top titan of the world so they have this almost like sportsman-like fight of who's the real king of the monsters and that's what's going on in the film it's a very simple plot it makes sense for this film because this film is nothing but a giant monster film 
Yes, you heard it right. This whole movie is a giant dick measuring contest between Godzilla and King Kong. There's no jumping around the actual context of what's going on here. So that's why this film is a popcorn film and actually broke records in box office during a weird-ass time where people are still uh, in lockdown, quarantine from the COVID back, you know, COVID and all this stuff happening in the pandemic, right? So here we go with the facts of the film and enough of reality. Um, they tell this character named Emma who works in Monarch, how um, they know about her and her stuff that she does for her work. And she's intrigued that these children are able to dig up information because who the hell are these kids? So they're by the Tasman Sea and Kong is hungry and Godzilla attacks Kong in the middle of the ocean. So as Millie Bobby Brown is trying to talk to um, Bernie and get information, he knows who Emma is and what exactly her history is because it's obvious that, that she's her daughter and she's the one that's been on the news these last few years about Godzilla and all that stuff. So he actually takes the kids in to speak and they go in public and have a actual conversation about stuff. So Derry we're off to the Tasman Sea and Kong is hungry so he grabs fish from the ocean and eats it. It's a funny scene. Um, so they're there on these giant destroyers this transporting Kong and then Godzilla comes out of nowhere and attacks Kong in the middle of the ocean. Mind you, Kong is not really that aquatic. He is a gorilla. He is a, as aquatic as a gorilla can be in the middle of the damn ocean. And then Godzilla is obviously this aquatic amphibious animal who can be devastating on land and sea. And it's one-sided fight because obviously Godzilla has the upper hand. And it's an epic fight sequence with fighter jets and helicopters and it's just like, whoa, this thing is like, this is a big fight right here. So we definitely are you know, tied in, just watching this, like, oh my gosh, man, this movie looks so good. So as this goes on, we see the kids and Bernie go down an elevator shaft. It's 33, 33 sub-levels below Earth. So they're definitely going down to this quote-unquote Earth's core. Um, and then back to where we are in the middle sea, we have the military and scientists flying Kong to Antarctica to the hollow Earth entrance to get him reacclimated. Um, after some convincing, they send him off in the tunnel entrance because he needed to help with the little girl who is the only person he trusts. So like, hey, it's safe to go there. There's home. And then Kong just goes rushing in. And because he misses home, and I don't know if he's any family down there, but he definitely has the world that he belongs to. So here we go where he attacks a kaiju that's going to attack them because the scientists are following him in these like, uh, not spacecrafts, but in these like hovering helicopters, like these futuristic helicopters where they're like in a bubble. And he's ready to kill his friend's kill for his friends and fights another one and another one a few kaijus one by after another and they keep running towards a mountainous castle and they find out this is the castle where the kongs i guess kong family lived at uh he enters the giant gates and finds an axe and it takes the throne of the castle so pretty much this axe is whoever is the dominant uh king of this castle and it happens to me that what looks like godzilla's own spines or like plates and i'm like okay so this thing is actually uh a tool that he could use to fight off this giant lizard monster right because godzilla is a radioactive lizard monster so they have one final fight and in the end godzilla has the one up and wins but spares kong's life and laughs at him like hey i am the real um, king of the monsters here you better recognize that and then we have an introduction from mecha godzilla which the scientists were trying to build this whole time using the skull of Jidora from the previous film and it actually uses some sort of like what looks like an oculus or some sort of like VR technology to control it but the skull somehow is sentient because it's tied to the machine and now it's possessing Mechagodzilla so Mechagodzilla kills its creators and it's like okay so you created your own Frankenstein's monster to fight these, off these monsters and now the monster's gonna fight off the Frankenstein's monster 
Ain't that something? So they have a three-way battle. Their Kong gets shocked and brought back to life. Uh, then Godzilla and Kong tag team and kill the robot, and they all go their separate ways. And then we got Kong uh, has a new monitoring station back in Hollow Earth. So he moved from Skull Island monitoring station to one in the Hollow Earth, deep down to the uh, Earth's core, and they're watching him from there, where he has plenty of room to roam and fight off monsters to kill for food. So this is like literally the fastest review i've ever done in a long time and yeah it's a giant monster movie what do you want me to talk about it's so epically action-packed and the script is pretty thin it's not exactly all that deep i don't have much to say that this is pretty dope i mean it is what it is right so that being said kong was a fun film but it wasn't no masterpiece film either it's a monster movie what do you expect me to say people what do you want me to do i liked it i loved it this is the kind of good shit i like to see on tv okay and i did not go to theaters for this one because i i mean as much as i wanted to see this film in a big screen just the laziness of having hbo max there like the convenience i'm like ah, it's right there i'll just watch it like when i'm at my own leisure and also when i go to the theaters i like to have at least one or two friends with not seeing the film in theaters with and the way things are going now it's a little bit tricky to go out just yet so but yeah so until then until next time this has been the epic rant from me as i literally just spit fired all this information out the quick quick ass review of godzilla vs kong i am the one Puerto Rican powerhouse, Mike for Hire, podcast personality, the Puerto Rican Kaiju himself, Christian Joel Ramos, signing off until next time. Thank you all for tuning in. As always, stay safe and take... Oh, I didn't give the movie a rating. Before I do, I give it a three and a half stars. It was not my favorite of the three Kong and Godzilla films. It was okay. It lived up to the hype, but it really wasn't that much to see. 3.5, it's a pretty average film. So, I mean, it's got replay value. Replay value? For sure it's got replay value, but it's not exactly anything I'm like, oh man, this is the best film of the year. It, it was okay. And I gotta be honest, Keep It 100, it was one of those films you're gonna watch over and over again for fun, but don't think too deep about it. So thank y'all for tuning in. As always, take care and stay safe.